Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Megan Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. And this is True Horrors. Episode 10, everyone. Was it really? What a blur. Match my energy. I'm sorry. I just... What a blur this has been. I know. Episode 10. 10, um, which is really exciting. Episode 10, season two. So we're nearing, we're nearing our conclusion. We did the original, we did the original Amneville horror, uh, another 1970s classic <laughs> that I don't understand. <laughs> but like much better than the other 70s classics. Oh, much better, much (laughs) better. But I still was like, there were parts where I was like, I mean, I guess I'm comparing this to, if this is the OG, this is the mother of all haunted house movies, Mm -hmm. then I would say The Conjuring perfected it. Yeah. So like, Uh, it took a lot, like I can see those, you know, it's like, it's like the I'm you, but stronger meme. (laughs) Like, um, I think it's funny that you say that because the main thing that I was struck by watching this was how similar it is to The Conjuring and The Exorcist in really specific ways. Like, and I don't necessarily mean that like the people who wrote the books about the, the Amityville horror and The Conjuring like were recycling material. Like I know there's they're very controversial figures. That's not what I'm trying to get into right now. But just like in the way that genres build on each other. Because like The Exorcist had a lot of the same players. Like it had the family an old priest, a young priest, and a cop who is like inexplicably around and doesn't seem to be helping in any way. And then like The Conjuring just like had a lot of like similar elements story-wise. Like it goes back to Salem and yada, yada, yada. Um, And I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I definitely felt like the priests and the cop had a lot less of a role of any importance than they do in The Conjuring or The Exorcist. I mean, the Warrens aren't priests, but um, they are, you know, exercising figures because the thing is, is they don't actually solve anything in this movie. Right. So that's like a huge thing. Um, Why does the intro of the Amityville Horror sound like the intro from Rosemary's Baby? I don't know. I am so sick of these intros of children singing or- Rosemary's Baby isn't a child singing. It's an adult woman singing, but still like it's the same energy. And there have just been so many of those that we've watched and I'm sick of it. No, I don't love the cuts when they're going through the house to the actual murder. They're a little um, a little choppy for me, but I do like what they're trying to do. That's funny because I wrote, did they think we'd forget the opening scene that happened two minutes ago? <laughs> like, Yes. <laughs> also, as always, I did the math. So the house mm-hmm. cost $80,000, um, which would have been uh, $393,869 mm-hmm. today. But because he at one point said what the house was really worth. Right. And so, and that was like a hundred and something. And that- that would be $615,500. So, I mean, it was a five-bedroom farmhouse or something crazy. I honestly even think that's lowballing it because Mm -hmm. it's a giant house. There's a shed on the property. There's a friggin' boathouse with a dock. Mm -hmm. And we don't 
really know how big the land is. Like I, and it's in New York, it's on Long Island. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's lowballing. No, I agree. I mean, nowadays it's worth 1.2 million. Yeah, that's spoiler alert. That sounds right. (laughs) Um, They do know. Also, like, I don't care if you believe in ghosts. I don't want to live in a murder house. No. Houses do have memories. And then the memories that you bring to them knowing that it's a murder house. Also, it's not a murder that occurred. Like the thing with the conjuring is that everything that makes the conjuring spooky, Mm -hmm. that house supposedly happened, what, like a hundred years ago or something like that. This is people are alive who investigated that crime was a year ago, 13 months. That's insane to move into a house where a year ago someone murdered their family. They just got the blood off the walls and you are moving in. No, it's like, it's crazy. Like, that's so crazy to Mm -hmm. me to move into a house, especially because it's not even like a person died. It's not even like one person was murdered. Mm -hmm. A whole family, including children, were viciously gunned down. And it's like, I'm going to put my kids in these rooms. Like, and when she's like, you can have any of the furniture. I was like, miss me with that bullshit. And under different circumstances, I'd be thrilled because, you know, I love other people's junk, but not murderers junk. I feel like you said something very similar when we watched The Conjuring and they kicked open that basement door and had all that stuff in it. And you were like, I'm very torn because this is my dream. But, you know, demons. Yes, I did. Um, And a pro and con list. Yes, that was it. (laughs) That real estate agent knows this place is haunted. Mm -hmm. Like, that's definitely like you can tell from her reaction the whole time. Like she knows um, that there's something wrong with this place. She just nopes out of there. She does. I mean, wouldn't you? Also, this priest just walking into the house. Yes. Again, I guess he's their friend. But like on the heels of seeing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm like, why are people just walking into each other's houses? Apparently, that's what you did in the 70s, in the mid 70s. This came out in 79, but it took place in 75. So. And then he just starts doing that, which like they wanted the house to be exercised, but it's like, he just does it without any, like that whole part of it, I found really annoying because like, there seemed to be some sort of, they wanted some added suspense, Mm -hmm. the idea that they didn't know he was there and they didn't really know what was happening with him and the phone never works. And I just found it all really annoying because I was like, dude, if you had gone around back and been like, Hey guys, I'm going to do this now. Mm-hmm. Like the whole thing would have been different. It's yeah, just because he knows weird. where they are. He sees them out the window. Mm-hmm. Also, it's weird to me that it takes her. I guess it it doesn't because they show you how long. Like it's only like this takes place over like two or three weeks. But it takes twenty eight really, days. Twenty eight days. Okay, it takes her a really long time to just go try to visit the priest. If like since again the phone never works. He called and he was cl- clearly trying to tell her something important. Like, why didn't she just go visit him then? Also, they're like family friends. Like, there yes. was a lot of things that were very, like, weird about what she did or didn't do. Um, I hated the flies. I hated the door. Mm-hmm. At one point, I wasn't sure if they knew the priest. And I was like, is he yes. just doing this on the sly because yes. he knows there's something wrong with the house? <laughs> Also, it's very clearly the same lamp that one of the children grabbed as they were dying that they kept. And I'm just like, that's bad vibes. Uh Even if you don't believe in ghosts, that's bad vibes. Mm -hmm. The thing is, didn't it break? I'm pretty sure like when the lamp fell, it broke, didn't it? So they had to glue it back together. 
you didn't see if it broke. You didn't even see it fall. You just saw him reaching for it. Like, okay. and it looked like it was going to fall, but we never saw it, like, break. We never saw it hit? Okay. No. Which, like, I would also have assumed it broke. Right. Like, the lamp's a weird choice to be the thing that they yes. still have. Um, it's also a weird choice to do half-naked uh, ballet, especially yes. when we haven't established that you're, like, a ballerina or anything. Yes. And it, it literally never comes up again. Also, I made a lot of flowers in the attic jokes while watching this. And that ballet scene yes! did not help. <laughs> no, when they were going to the door, I was like, is it possible this is the music from the original flowers in the attic? Like, is it possible this is that music from when they're doing shots of the attic that are like before the kids are in it? Is it possible? Yes, it could be. Because, yeah, there's a point where the real estate agent says, oh, you could turn this into a playroom or a bedroom. And I was like, yeah, a playroom for your secret children so that you can get inheritance. And then, yeah, they do. They um, when they're having sex in the bedroom on the floor and the door opens and like, God, this is just all the flowers in the attic vibes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Granted, that's from later on in the series. That's more of a deep cut. But mm -hmm. I, I found it all really uncomfortable when the possession started changing his personality. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I think what made it most uncomfortable was that she wasn't immediately like, why are you behaving this way? And I was just like, what is your past relationship history like, honey? Because, right. like, he was a completely different man until, like, 14 seconds ago. And, like, you aren't like, what the actual fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, it just, like, it seemed like the ghosts were able to, like, tap into a lot of her own insecurity about this man marrying her and taking on her three kids and stuff and, like, all of this. That, mm -hmm. like, she was willing to accept a lot of bullshit where it's, like, he has never shown any signs of this. Like, right. you need to you need to figure something the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Get there faster. So much faster. I was a kid with imaginary friends, by the way, and every time that's a plot device, I'm just, like... I was friends. I had imaginary friends. I just That's had imaginary friends. One of my favorite things about this movie is that the first time it comes up, they play it completely straight. Like, oh, it's her imaginary friend because kids have imaginary friends. Um, and then it just like slowly gets creepier and creepier to the point where like now kid hasn't like they move into a murder house and the kid has an imaginary friend is like shorthand at this point. Yes. Um, but doing it for the first time and playing it straight was a really good really good call I just I didn't know if it was a demon I mean it turns out that what they're saying is in the house is the actual devil like a portal to hell yes. but I was just like he seems to like this demon seems to have a lot of power because they usually don't have power outside the house mm -hmm. but he's able to crash the car yeah um and I was really surprised by that yes I was uh, speaking of the portal to hell I was really surprised when they were told to find the well and cover it because it's the gateway to hell that they didn't look for a well on their property and cover it. Like, I'm sorry, but if something that weird happens, like you have to at least entertain the possibility. Yeah. Look for a well. A hundred percent. Also, like, I don't understand why the devil was like, I'm going to steal the money to the caterer. Yes! Like, what was the point? Why? Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, what a dick. Because it's also like, it's not like that money was the dad's, was George's. Mm -hmm. So it's like, they're trying to make him seem crazy. And also it was like really suspicious because you and both of them like saw him put the money directly into his coat and then it was gone. So that was like real creepy. Mm -hmm. Hated it. Not as much as I hated her just staring while the babysitter screamed for help. Now that I really hated. Yeah, that was awful. 
Uh, Jody wouldn't let me. Jody's okay. a bitch. <laughs> but that way. is the point where, as a parent, like there's either one of two things happening either your daughter needs to go see a specialist or there is a demon because mm -hmm. she like the babysitter's knuckles are bloody it's yeah. not like that's something that's like an illusion they erase like this girl was literally beating the door so much her hands are bloody and your daughter mm -hmm. would not open it like yeah. so either there's a demon preventing her from doing it or she needs some serious help yes also the door doesn't lock so like what the hell was keeping the door closed? Like, that's another, like, they specifically say the door doesn't have a lock on it. So, like, either she was holding the door closed or a demon is doing it. Mm -hmm. Creepy. Hate it. Oh, also, talk about somebody who I wanted to, like, get bitch slapped by a demon. Let's talk about all the priests that aren't the main priest. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sorry, are they on the demon's payroll? <laughs> It was so weird that they didn't want like, and there is some like, and we'll get to it, but there is some precedent in like the true story and other things of the idea that the Catholic church doesn't want to like acknowledge that demons exist or things like that. And I'm always mm -hmm. like, that's so weird because like all movies that I've ever watched have been like, nah, they're, they're up for it. They just don't want it public. But the fact that they were like gaslighting the hell. Also, I wanted him at one point to tell them to go to the house because if they're so fucking arrogant, go to the house yourself and prove him wrong. But also that like, I, I just like, even though I'm not Catholic, I still feel weird calling a priest a bitch ass, but <laughs> That young priest that lied and was like, oh, I think the wheel got stuck. You uh -huh. think the wheel got, you do not. Like, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, go stand in church and say that in front of God. Like, you're lying. Like, we create our own demons. Okay. <laughs> I, I definitely wrote something about that. Hold on. I think I wrote that that's an obnoxious thing to say even if there were, wasn't the actual devil in this movie. <laughs> but it's really annoying. I'm pretty sure that's what I wrote. But none of them will go to the house. Mm -hmm. Like, none of them are going to the house. And the young priest just being like, um, I think the wheel locked. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I'm like, I hate you. Like, you are letting him down right now. You keep saying that he's your mentor and you mm -hmm. respect him, but he needed you to have his back and you didn't. You would yep. not have survived in the Exorcist movie. No. And like, yes, they both died, but I mean, you would have died like a bitch. <laughs> also... <laughs> At least in The Exorcist, that cop's investigating an actual murder and trying yes. to figure out what's happening. This cop just is, like, real curious about a lot of things. Yes. Nothing to do with him. Like, I'm like, are we paying you as the city to do this? To do this stakeout? Or is this, like, on your own time? It also well, is one of the things where it never it never bears fruit. It's not mm -hmm. like he runs in at the end and helps anyone. Yes, because he's there because they claim that there was a break-in so he's like i guess we'll get put like extra like surveillance around your house but like he's the only one who ever seems to be there yeah um that i noticed that also i'm like extra surveillance it's just you <laughs> and you're not even cop car i think he's just no it's just his regular car I had issues with the fact that I felt like this movie was trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. Like either they needed to be on an island alone in the sense that like 
there was no one except a couple of visitors. Otherwise, they needed to either pick and the helper either needed to be the cop or the priest. Right. And so it either needed to be like, we never see that priest again, except over the phone after he has gotten really sick. Mm-hmm. And the cop is the one who's like doing the exposition and telling them what's going on. But they had the cop. They had the priest and they had the business partner and his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was way too many side characters. Um, and it could have been it could have been shaved down, especially since none of those elements will get to it, but exist in the book gotcha. or exist in the real story. So it's like there didn't need to be all of that. Mm-hmm. Also, I was like, isn't it convenient that his business partner's girlfriend's also a medium? Yes. So handy to just be friends with a medium. I did also say that um, if I ever live in a haunted house or I'm having any kind of ghosty experience, everyone who doubts me, I'm going to say, okay, come spend the night. Yeah. Because like, if you do think I'm crazy or you do think it's nothing, then come stay with me for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, because a lot of them are doing a lot of talking and not a lot of hanging out in the house, witnessing the horror. Right. I'm going to talk about Jody's red eyes in the... That was something we mentioned last episode that low budget doesn't have to be a bad thing and that I really like low budget. That was a really good example of it because they were, it was just two lights. Like it was the most low budget thing I've ever seen in my life, but it worked. It happened. I was like, nope, don't like that. Um, "Ah." Yes, exactly. (laughs) I was not expecting it. Yes. Also, can we talk about, oh, I wrote cover it when she's like it's the port of la hell i was like bitch it was covered you made them uncover it you cover it like it was covered i mean they had to know it was like the dog was just gonna keep bloodying his his paws trying to get at it i mean not if you lock the goddamn basement door how's the dog getting down there like they just they had a lot going on and i just don't think i they needed some outside help also apparently the devil makes prank calls because the phone keeps I was like well are you're so bored right now aren't you you're stealing money and like making prank calls like my god that dream was yikes or she dreams that he killed her daughter with an axe yes oh my god I wrote so many people know something strange is happening but no one is helping it's just like the amount of people who aren't helping is very frustrating and I'm just like why are we even screen time to all these people not doing anything yeah When they all clearly know something is wrong. Like it also gives like a very weird, like sacrificial lamb vibe because Mm -hmm. I was like, are you intentionally putting these people here? Because like, why will none of you help them when you all seem to think something's going wrong? Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird town. Also something I did not like in a sense that I was like, shut up was when the dad and the son who did the murdering looked the same. I was like, mm-hmm. what What are you saying with that? Are you saying that he's transforming into him? Are you saying like, this isn't something where like, it could be a um, reincarnation. That guy's still alive. He's still alive today. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't understand that at all. Like, I was like, why are, I mean, like, I get what you're trying to say, but the logic of it is so weird to me because he looks exactly the same. And it's not like the, when they do the picture in the paper, it looks similar. It's the same same actor. actor. So I'm like, why? I don't know. Cause like, I feel like it would work better if people kept saying they looked the same and then you looked them up and they didn't, because then I think it would make it clear that it's like, you're being possessed by the same spirit. 
like, or you remind me of like, I, I, something other than it's the same actor, you know? Yeah. Cause I think like, if he starts acting the way the son did, then there's an argument to be made that it would be like, you're kind of reminding me of him, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to like, you look exactly the same. Yeah. But he looked exactly the same when that realtor get, sold them the house and she didn't say she didn't shit. Say anything. <laughs> Um, oh my god worst town also i kind of like we've both seen the remake which is Mm -hmm. not good but one thing that is good is he does spend more time trying to kill them whereas like i don't think he spent enough time trying to kill them like yeah but then he she's able to like wake him up and they immediately get out of the house and and literally in the space of a second i went oh no the dog and then i went do not go back for the dog <laughs> in the same first of all why is that dog just not coming I like what also they were so like they were a block away when he decided to go back for the dog yes which i mean i guess was convenient because then like on the way back he was able to like get all that tar washed off of him but no it was very odd and it was like I don't know. I also was like freaked out by the girl because like the actress was kind of smiling in the car. And I was like, <laughs> are you possessed still? Is that what you're trying to get him to go back for the dog? That dog was so unhelpful. That dog wanted to die. Yeah. And then the last thing I wrote was why even have the priest part? It never came into play. Like the nope. priest and the cop got so much airtime that was just unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Could have really tightened this movie up or just had more creepy things. Yeah. Like, the thing is, is this movie is very different than a lot of the other hauntings because yes, the house is haunted, but a character is being possessed. And that's very different. Like mm-hmm. this movie is haunting slash possession, you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to just a straight up haunting. Like, yes, at the conjuring in the end, the mother is possessed, but the majority of the movie, that's not what's going on. Right. She doesn't get possessed until the Warrens are there. Yeah. They just hadn't ironed out all the possession wrinkles yet. Mm-mm. possession wrinkles is the name of my dry cleaning business <laughs> nice i think that makes it sound like i put wrinkles <laughs> in the garment <laughs> that's a bad name <laughs> you are immediately put out of business by my dry cleaning service <laughs> wrinkles exorcism <laughs> Okay, I mean, everyone survived everyone this survives, movie, so yeah. we're fine. Yep. Any final thoughts, Bear? Nope. Tell me a story. Okay, so I was debating about this because there's so many layers to this story, and I just decided to just go for it, which is different than what I said the last time we talked about this. So it's not going to be a deep dive. It's going to be sort of like the layers of this story. And we're going to get to the fact that this is the most well-known mm-hmm. haunted house in America and maybe even the world. And it is also the most controversial story for a lot of reasons. And I will go on record as saying that I believe the family from The Conjuring a lot more than I believe the family from the Amityville Horror. Okay. So if we're talking about like scales, I definitely believe The Conjuring family more. And I kind of believe the London family more. Like if we're doing like a scale of mm-hmm. belief um, and we'll get to why that is. But we're going to start. I got articles from Live Science, Oxygen, which I love that channel. 
um, History versus Hollywood, one of my favorite websites and all that's interesting. So on December 18th, 1975, the Lutzes moved into a Dutch colonial house in New York in the Amityville Horror. In Amityville. They didn't call it the Amityville Horror. They would stay there for 28 days, leaving in January of 76. The house at that point did cost $80,000. Like I said, they were newly weds. They did know the history. And when they left, they would leave all their possessions and never go back. Fair. Now, flashback. 13 months before they moved in, on November 13th, 1974, Ronald Defoe Jr., henceforth known as Ronald, He was 23 years old and he murdered his entire family. He shot his parents and his siblings in the head with a 35 caliber rifle. They were all shot in bed. And his parents were Louise and Ronald Sr., 18-year-old Dawn, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark, and 9-year-old John Matthew. His father was said to be abusive and his mother was very distant and very uninvolved. The family had money. And he well, had a lot Long of Island. Yeah. They had like a car dealership oh. that they owned. Wow. And he had mo- money wise. He had anything he could have wanted. He had a lot of behavioral problems and we can talk about whether how much of that was because his father was abusive, how much mm-hmm. of that, you know, but he had some real behavioral problems and the parents solution to that was to give him whatever he wanted. Oh, that's the opposite. Opposite of what you do. So he even had like, a um god what do they call it when it's he had like a do nothing job at the dealership and so his father owned it and he had like a job that basically like he got anything he wanted like stipends cars like you name it but it didn't stop and he had a massive drug problem and alcohol problem again that they thought could be cured with money right so he spent some time at a bar drinking And he was like, I'm trying to call my family and like, nobody's answering. And then he goes and he comes back at 630 and says he needs help that his parents have been shot. Well, they go there and everybody's been shot and their his stories quickly fall apart. I'm not getting into all the dumbass things. He says he killed them. (laughs) Like, and the thing was, he does not say right away anything about possession or anything. He's just trying to be like, I didn't do it. And then years later, because he's still in jail years later, he's like, my mom did it and then I killed her or like my dad killed the kids. My mom killed him and then killed her. It's like my sister Dawn did it. It's all stuff where it's like, okay, whatever. I'm not willing to get into every one of them. Um, Everybody killed someone, but not him. Or if he did, it was only, it was only the killer. So (laughs) the murders did take place around 3 15 AM. Okay. And he stood trial on October 14th and William, um, Weber, important name was his attorney. And it's when he got to trial that they started saying that he heard voices mm-hmm. and they went for an insanity to plea. And the prosecutors were like, no, he's just a spoiled drug addict who wanted his family dead. Mm-hmm. Like, which the uh, jury went with him and he got six, uh, concurrent life sentences, 25 to life. Um, so then we flash back forward 13 months and the Lutzes move into this murder house. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said they experienced a lot of different things. They experienced, um, George said he woke up at 3.15 a.m. every day. Uh, Jody was a real imaginary friend that the little girl had. Although okay. what's weird is she spelled it differently than they do in the movie, which I think is such a weird change. Weird. Um, 
there were cold spots. There was slime that would come from the ceilings. Doors would be ripped off and like open and close. They had a priest come bless the house. That was real. The flies. They did say that like the way they used the flies in the movie was over the top from what they experienced. And George had said like, it was still scary if you'd done the, the amount of flies we had. It was still a lot of flies. <laughs> and I think he's right because anything more than like five flies, I would be like, nope, nope, mm -hmm. nope, nope. Like the mother would wake up with welts um, that weren't there. Uh, cabinets would be closing and opening. My personal favorite um, that they would like see flashes of like demon faces ah. like out the windows in it it reminded me a lot of the exorcist i was like yeah. nope no demon uh -uh. faces uh -uh. and i don't know if you notice this but when they do that when he is in the mood going towards the house when he's fully possessed and you see like jody's form again and it's like it looks like a pig and it's because that's part of how the little girl missy who that was her real name that's how she described it okay um, and she even drew it, which is a picture of it in the book. But people have been like, it looks more like a cat. And I'm like, she's a kid. <laughs> what are you, an art critic? So after 28 days, they'd had enough and they just left and they left all of their possessions. So possessions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just left them behind. So Jay Anson interviewed them for over 45 hours. Oh and had God. tapes of it. And then he wrote two years later in September of 77, uh, The Amityville Horror, which is one of the most well-known horror books. Mm -hmm. um, it sold at this point over 10 million copies. It's, it's a big deal. And it became this huge, famous horror book. So let's get into now the layers of controversy. So okay. I'm going to say things in both directions. Because again, even though I started this off by saying I believe them less I in no way am at the point where I'm like, I don't believe them at all because there okay. are things that are very interesting. Uh, one thing about the murders it themselves that people have always thought was weird is there was no drugging and no sign that he subdued them in any way. And that all signs point that they were all killed in their bed, which means he used that rifle and shot all six of them and no one moved or woke right. up. That and weird. that's that's something that people have found to be really disturbing. Some people mm -hmm. have said he must have had an accomplice. But the thing was, he must have had six accomplices. Right. Because how would no one wake up to even be moved from where right. they are? It's very weird. That is weird. But also there are people who believe that he was possessed. And then there are people that believe that what he did was so horrific, it created a dark energy in the house. Okay. So some people think... No, it's bullshit. He just murdered his family, but it did create, you know, some kind of dark energy mm -hmm. that he did this, which to be fair, a lot of um, horror movies that is, it's not that like actual hell is in your basement, which they right. don't say that that's, that's from the book. Like they don't, there's <laughs> liberties, there's liberties. Um, he does, but some people think that that kind of murder and betrayal created a dark energy in the house. And that's what they were experiencing because they moved in so quickly after. Okay. So Kathleen and George both took multiple lie detectors and passed everyone. Okay. Which I know that's not like in a court of law, but I'm also like, I don't like that a lot. I don't yeah. really like that. They also said that like when people talk about the book and the movie, George and Kathleen had both said that like they exaggerated, like 
the okay. the people in the book and the like it wasn't like that like okay. at no point did George try to kill his family at no point was he possessed <laughs> like it was just like which to be honest I wouldn't need all that like the stuff they're describing I'd be like no like in a real world context I'd be like absolutely not I would need exactly one cabinet to open and shut on its own before me to piece the fuck out yeah. like so there are people who interviewed them who said they seem genuinely frightened Mm-hmm. And um, there, there are people who investigated who were like, this is bullshit. And they were like, I can see all these discrepancies between what they're saying and what, like, someone wrote up like a thing of like a hundred discrepancies between the book and like what could have happened. And I don't really know because I didn't want to get into the weeds too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of these discrepancies are things that like Jay Anson added that it's right. like not as much a discrepancy. It's like very like back and forth. The Warrens investigated and they believed it was haunted. They said that it was one of the most haunted houses they'd ever experienced, um, which we talked about a little bit in the second conjuring because Mm -hmm. so many people believed this was a hoax that it began to tarnish the Warren's reputation and kind of the Catholic church because so many people believe this was a lie. And if the Warrens couldn't tell, so it's, it's really controversial for that reason. And both sons still they've been interviewed for documentaries and they both say that it happened they Mm -hmm. just both say that the stepfather and the author exaggerated it that like they say they exaggerated but they're like no there was something wrong and like Mm -hmm. both them are like we lived it like there was something very very wrong in that house and one of the people in the documentary who annoyed me and it was just like it was part of the documentary was in one of these articles Mm -hmm. and it was somebody who was like well, I mean, does it really matter if it was like these boys believe it? So it's like re- perception is reality. And I'm like, what a cop out. <laughs> like to just be like, to just be like, oh, they were led to believe that this was like, they're saying they experienced these things. Like, so you're saying it's just like a big lie that they've now, they now fully believe because you're saying like, well, they believe it. They are not lying. And I'm like, I don't know what to say to that. Like it, it's such, it's such weird mental gymnastics. Yeah. Um, especially since it's not like the parents are telling them you guys were possessed and don't remember it. They're saying we saw these things and the ages were about the same. So they weren't like super little right. The girl was, which is why she isn't involved in a lot of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so this is the part that kind of gets me and I'll get to that. I have a lot of point counterpoint over here. So okay. the belief was that they were in such bad debt that George faked it in order to make money to get a book okay. deal, to get a film deal. Weber sued them, the lawyer, because he claimed they made up this story, him and the family over like a bottle of wine. And then they went with a different publishing company than his publishing company. Okay. And like I said, people have Sid who interviewed them. They seem genuinely frightened, all five of them. So let's do some point counterpoint. Okay. Um, we already talked about the fact that the Defoe is, he's still in jail. Mm-hmm. and there's no real answer to how he killed them all. Like, there's no real answer as to how he was able to kill them all and them not wake up. Mm-hmm. So that's creepy. Um, also, I have a really hard time believing that they set all this up in order to get a book deal, and I'll tell you why. Because the Amityville Horror was 
kind of a first of its kind book. Are you telling me that they bought this house, abandoned it in all of their possessions after 28 days in hopes that in two years time, this author would write a book that would end up becoming a bestseller and be turned into a movie that would spawn multiple sequels. Like what is he Nostradamus? And yeah, also like simultaneously inventing a genre. Like, I find that to be the stupidest part. Like, the idea that people are saying that he invented this to make money. How did he know he'd make money? It's really easy to say it in retrospect. But also, the family from The Conjuring and the family from The Conjuring 2, they didn't make any money. Right. So, like, how would you even know that that would be a thing? Also, Weber sued them. And the judge was like, this book seems to have created ha- seems to have so many like uh, exaggerations that like it's not like a document like this book isn't like a biography so like no right. and he also said that like he thought it was really sketchy that Weber was claiming as a lawyer that he tried to make some kind of publishing deal that he's like that's right. very weird so like Weber's case against them even though it was like at first it was like oh my god he's saying he made it up with them which also how did they meet like, how did yeah. this come about? Did he knock on their door and was like, I think he claimed they found him and were like, hey, <laughs> we want to do this. That also is insane. That's like playing the long game here. <laughs> that's like a Coen Brothers movie. Like <laughs> that they found the lawyer for the guy who murdered his family in their house and was like, you know what? We're going to let's have some wine and create a giant conspiracy. It all is just so crazy that I'm like, it being haunted is less insane to me it than really that. Is. So originally people were like, oh, it's a hoax. But then when they went to trial, it was um, a lot of stuff came out that it made it seem like Weber was just pissed that they didn't go with his publishing company. They didn't sell their rights to his company, that they sold it to Jay, to Jay okay. Anson. And so it's a lot of things hit his integrity, which made people be like, maybe he's the one who's lying about it being fake because he's mad, which the reason they didn't go with his publishing company was um, he wanted part of the rights and they didn't want to sell it to him. I wouldn't either. So they did to Jay Anson and like, that's part of it. So people were like, this seems like it's a business deal. And also it's weird that you as the lawyer of the guy who murdered was making a business deal with these people for their story. Yeah. It seems like a conflict of interest to me. Yes. And I just have a really hard time with all of it. Like with the idea of this, again, it sounds like a movie that would be fun to watch. And then like 10 minutes later, I'd be like, that's all really stupid though. Like that's all really (laughs) far-fetched. Like, so the sons, again, the sons have said that the, oh, the sons have said the debt thing is bullshit. That they weren't in de- that much debt that moving to this house when it was so cheap mm-hmm. meant just like they said in the movie, he was planning on moving his business to the basement because they had so much land and like selling parts of it and using the fact that they had all this land really cheap. And he's like, my parents never had any problems with that. Like mm-hmm. that it's been blown out of proportion that they were like, you know, this family living beyond their means. But he's like, no, because the house was super cheap. Also, again, if they were a family that was so beyond their means, it was really the long con con, Mm -hmm. because they didn't make any money to this for over two years. And and they just left all their stuff and never went back. It's insane in the Mm -hmm. time period, which I just can't get over. I can't get over them leaving all their stuff in hopes that this book would become what it did is so crazy to me. So- 
no one else who's ever lived there have said they had any problems except with people trying to come and hang out in their house. Um, Oh, also Weber was found to have been embezzling from his company, which also helped. (laughs) Yes. Um, There was just a lot of, a lot of things like that. So much going on here. Yes. This is why when I, when I messaged you, I was like, I don't know how much of this story I can even get into, but let's talk about the house itself. Let's talk about things that I find fucking hilarious to end this on. First of all, you know, they kept doing shots of those half moon windows. Yeah. Those were real and really iconic. So one of the first things the new owners did was remove them. So like that, the exterior of the house has been redone. Oh, also, this is a little bit sadder, but they got divorced in the 80s. So they're not, they weren't still together when they died, but neither of them came out and was like, this was a lie or anything. They both up until their death were like, yeah, it got exaggerated. And George used to say, he's like, people can tell there's an element of truth to it. It's why it's endured. Like, Mm -hmm. it's why people are still connected to it because there's something there. Even if it's not, he's like, blood never dripped from the ceiling. I never tried to kill my family. Like, none of that kind of stuff. (laughs) Um, so they changed the house. Um, but the thing that absolutely kills me, Rachel, is that the address of the house is, um, was 112 Ocean Avenue. Okay. And so to keep looky lures, looky lose away, they changed the address. They changed it to 108 Ocean Avenue and a couple of things. I know that because the internet exists. So, <laughs> and secondly, w- how did you, how did you think that would be accomplished? Like just take, isn't there like a thing from a Simpsons where they just remove the house numbers and they're like, now they'll never find us. <laughs> that is this, like you just changed the address to 108 rather than 112. And you think, you think no one's going to find the house? Well, the thing is 108 is not that far from 112. So it would just be like the next house down. And considering all the land they have, you would still be in the same area. It's the dumbest thing ever. And it makes me laugh really hard. Like that they thought this was the solution. Um, The only solution is to tear that house down. And even then it's like, yeah, but because the thing is, is that people are always going to want to go look at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like I said, this is the most controversial for a lot of the reasons I just said, like, and it kind of hits on a lot of things that I talk about in the other hauntings that like, um, or the exorcist or anything like that. I mean, obviously if ghosts and that are true, there's going to be some fakers. So it doesn't like, it doesn't, even if the Amityville, Amityville horror was a hoax, it in no way makes me think like all ghosts, like the way that people use a single story to discount Mm -hmm. something like this is very odd to me because I'm like, if ghosts exist, there are going to be some people who are going to pretend, but I just find the, the, I know I've said it like seven times, but I can't get over the fact that they left all their stuff. Like I can't get over the fact that they never went back to the house and like, it's just a lot to do Mm -hmm. in order to, in order to fake something that might not be successful. Right. Which makes me think that I think that the house was haunted I think it wasn't haunted to the level to which the book and movie want you to believe. Right. And I think it was exaggerated. And I think the exaggerating helped people to say it wasn't true. Right. Yeah. So, and I honestly, it it would be a whole nother 
podcast thing for me to go through all of the different discrepancies from the movie, the book and what they say happened and be like, oh, well, this is what they say, but this is what the book turned it into, what the movie took it into or like, but um, as opposed to both the Conjuring movies and The Exorcist, where it's pretty similar, like right. to what they say happened. It doesn't seem like it's that similar. Okay. Um, but the Amnibal Horror is supposed to be one of the best horror books. Like, as far as being really, really scary. I've mm -hmm. never read it. Um, but you know anyway, so. Books. I only read Flowers in the Attic. That's actually and other And other V.C. Andrews books. Yeah, I was saying other V.C. Andrews books. But um, I like I the read... idea of people thinking I just read Flowers in the Attic over and over again. <laughs> I mostly read nonfiction. Like, yeah, I mean that too. I mostly but... read, I don't read, yeah, which I guess you, you know, you could argue this is, but I would say, I would say they've all sort of gone on record as saying it's so exaggerated mm -hmm. as to not be, but yeah. So the... since it's exaggerated, the movie is worse. The movie's worse. Yeah. The movie's objectively worse. There's a port of the hell in their basement. Yeah. Oh, I forgot the funniest thing. So the thing that he made the portal of hell in the book, like uh -huh. the red room that full on existed and they kept toys in there. I I'm speechless. Like it, it was, it was an alcove that was painted red in the basement. And they were just like, ah, oh, we'll just store things in there. Like, and this writer is like, it's the portal to hell. Yeah. I think that's fair. I also, though, would not like store things and toys into some weird red alcove in my basement. Mm -mm. No, I wouldn't store toys in the basement. They're just going to get full of spiders. And then it, the spiders are going to jump out at my kids. Actually, that happened to me as a child. We stored a lot of things in our basement. Well, you're actually, did I ever? I don't know if I ever saw your basement. But you I, saw my basement when it was when it was redone. I'm talking about my basement when I was a child. Before okay, was we, it an before we Yeah, before we finished okay. it. We didn't keep anything in our basement except one chair underneath the light bulb, one broken chair for my basement, tornadoes. My basement was quite vast. So when you came down the stairs, if you turned to um, the left, it was the open part that we eventually finished. Okay. And before that, it just had like an air hockey table and like a boxes and boxes of toys and things like that. And then we finished it. But then if you went to the left, it was a completely unfinished part that was always that had the water heater in it and toys and was always creepy. And then when you walked in it, there was another part further to your right that had like a whole tool area. You had a murder room in your basement. That basement scared me so much. Like I ran when I had to get things like I ran and I was like the vastness of it. Like even when it was, especially when that one part was finished, when the other part was not finished, I was definitely like, nope. And I will be running now. Mm -hmm. The only unfinished basement that doesn't terrify me is my grandmother's. Cause it's like pretty well lit actually. Like it is a very bright basement and like, remarkably clean for an unfinished basement <laughs> it's the lack of lighting for me in unfinished basements and the mm -hmm. fact that the majority of them have those hanging light switches which means you have to somewhat enter the room before yep. you turn on the light mm -hmm. like that that's it like that's the point where I'm like and now I'm murdered yep. I will haunt this house yeah no I think my grandmother's has like windows like in multiple places so there's like lots of sunlight and there's a light switch it's also pretty extensive it's got it's I mean, it's like the whole house. It's got a big basement, but it doesn't doesn't freak me out. Good. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. 
Um, I could just continue to tell stories about basements and cellars that freak me out. It's all of them, by the way. But <laughs> next week, we will be doing episode 11. Which is the original Night of the Living Dead. One I haven't seen. It's very excited. I've seen it once, and I remember liking it. So hopefully, hopefully this one's a good time. Another um, genre um, starter. Yes, I couldn't. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking starter, but I'm like, is there another word? I think there's. That's why I said it the way I did. I was like, there's got to be a better a better word. way to say that. But um, I'm excited about it. Make sure to like and follow us on social media and rate and review. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.